Hello, hello. This is the Pembroke Cell on Brown Student and Community Radio. Uh, today we have minor technical difficulties, but they weren't as bad as previous episodes. And we have some special guests here today. We have Warner Meadows. No, I don't, there we go. Hi. Uh, <laughs> is, is your is your mic on? Yeah. Perfect. And we have uh, who's this guy? What's up, Jackson? <laughs> How's it going? Hey Adam, it's it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been uh it's been about like three or f- wow. It's, it was Adoc was the last time we saw each other. <laughs> and we also got Falaga. He'd say he'd say what's up real quick. Yo, what's up? <laughs> we got some groupies in here. <laughs> we, al- Woo! we also we also and Maria. Hi. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we're gonna first show you uh, what you see, which was. Was it? Was it? Did it come out as a video initially? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't have like just the song up anywhere. Mm-hmm. I just put it out as a video. So it's it's a video. We'll we'll post the video on our uh, on our blog. But right now we'll just play the track. When you look at me, just tell me what you see. Is it my clothes, the color of my skin, the lack of jewelry, the colors that I'm in, my motivation to achieve degrees despite my melanin, my nose might not be here, the knowledge that I'm steady peddling. What's up, world? My name is Earl. I'm never settling. Ain't no change in this game that could chain or fetter in. All my roots, they be deep. Going back to Africa, Canada, the Caribbean. Oh my God, do you see? What I see, the future's bright. Not for you, it is for me, my mama and papa, they raised me right. So I'll be focused on continuing their plight. I got a lot of friends that I know who get judged right quick. Ain't no justice with this shit, I need a judge right quick. But the judges in a system that no love might fix. It's the type of shit that make an addict love that fix. When you go to school with kids who look the same, you start to get accustomed to money and shame. The race you came from like it's their fault that they bang But they banging because the alternative would be hanging Trayvon got shot and my mom said Jesus Here's a kid who wasn't even slanging but his features Painted a picture that put together all the pieces The fear make a cop go nuts like racist With the hoodie get shot like I'm Woody Nine times Like I'm Fitty Low Key Walter Mitty The punishment itty bitty They faking the fucking pity They trying to put us on lock with the princes the whole city how can you escape when you don't know what you're escaping from racism has turned into a very different animal it's easy to identify inside the barrel of a gun but upbringing and mindset are not even fucking tangible hey shit is crazy in these streets people mess around they're catching babies in these streets but i can't be lazy in these streets Parents gave me pride, so you can't phase me with that heat. Family is key, solidarity, fuck a hater. Shout out to my cousins in Toronto and Jamaica. Police think I'm D'Angelo, they hate brown sugar, and they shoot at everything that Russell's call the Lakers. I could be the brightest guy with an immaculate education. Whipping the dopest whip, living in the illest of locations. Hey, and that's cool, that's great, and okay, you made it, so here's your congratulations. But in the end, what really and truly defines me isn't even me, but homie, it's really what you see. What you see, boy. What you see, girl. What you see, boy. What you see, girl. How you gonna play me? 
How are you gonna judge me? You don't even know my damn name. So tell me, how are you gonna judge me? Hey, hey, what you see, boy? What you see, boy? What you see, boy? What you Awesome stuff. Yeah, I, seriously. I was I was blown away the first time I saw that. It's too ba- it's too bad that we're only on uh, the audio medium and unfortunately don't have the ability to show you that as the video via the radio. Radio has not reached that point yet. <laughs> well, I guess it has. It's called television, but still. Uh, <laughs> but really awesome stuff. We definitely need to get that on the blog. Thank you. And then then the nearest thing is going going back to radio on podcasts. And could, can we go back farther? Is the question. Uh, do we need to? Like <laughs> telegraph? Like, <laughs> smoke uh, signal. <laughs> uh, well, first, I want to ask you when uh, when did you first write this song or perform it? I um I wrote the song last summer. Well, first I made the beat, mm-hmm. and like I didn't really know what, what was gonna come of it, but um I had that like that that piano line yeah mm-hmm. and i was like i was like this is kind of like a dark type sound yeah like, i should try to like capitalize on that mm-hmm. and then i was just kind of watching a bunch of um videos on facebook about like just like seeing a lot of like kids my age that look like me getting like taken advantage of by the cops and stuff mm-hmm. and i was just like really upset about it and then like one night i was in my room and like the whole song just like spilled out um, and then at the end of the summer, I went to my, my piano teacher, had, like, his own little studio um, in New Jersey. So I went to his studio, recorded it there, and then the first time I performed it was, um, the, like, the freshman year talent show, like, the mm-hmm. opening talent show, like, uh-huh. before everyone even knew each other and stuff. And I got it's a good reception. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was, like... A big hello to the rest of the freshman class. That's fantastic. Were, were you nervous at all? I was really nervous. I was, like, practicing in my room all day, <laughs> trying to decide what outfit to wear. Your roommate is like, oh, is he okay? <laughs> what, what yeah, you know? yeah, he was all right. He's kind of a funny uh, guy. So, what, what made you finally, like, what made you decide to just go out and do it? What was the... To like, perform it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I mean, music is, like, something that's, that's like, my passion, and like I always knew I was gonna go on into music, and I I didn't know it was gonna be like rap. I didn't I didn't know rap was gonna be one form of how I express myself musically. But after I made this song, I was like, this is kind of fire. Like <laughs> I'm just gonna go for it full throttle. That's awesome. And yeah. yeah. Who is when it comes to like producing it? Because a lot of times you find, especially like with younger rappers like you just like pull offline right like you can just like find your own stuff so you don't really see it too often that people are actually like making like actually producing like their own beat and then rapping over it yeah so like when you're going through that entire like producing process of just creating like the backing what who is like who are you pulling from who where's like the where's the the influence reference list there well i mean i before like rapping or any sort of vocal performance i was a piano player Mm. like i started playing classical when i was five started playing jazz in middle school and like i didn't even think about rapping until senior year so like music yeah. like producing and playing the piano was like always really natural for me um but like in terms of um 
inspirations. Like my my mom and dad used to play like a lot of jazz in the house, like John Coltrane, Miles Davis, um, also like Caribbean music and like soul music, neo soul. So mm-hmm. I guess like just drawing for that. Not I didn't I wasn't really drawing like from hip hop for the most part, honestly. And then in terms of like flow and lyrics, I was definitely looking at Kanye a lot, <laughs> but um, for like the production, it was I was coming from more of like a classical or jazz mindset. But- was what you see the first um, <clears throat> full like lyrics you wrote out over um, over a beat before? Yeah, yeah. Because before that, I'd just been like performing covers. Like I was in the musicians club in high school at my at Trinity in New York, mm-hmm. and like I did like I did a cover of a Black Eyed Peas song. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to ask what Black Eyed Peas song was. <laughs> it, it was um it was Where Is the Love? Oh, so off of Ella Funk. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great album. song. It's a great That's song. A great song. But no, album's kind of garbage. But like the song is great. I did I did a cover of Crazy in Love by oh, awesome. Jay Z and Rihanna. I mean, well, Jay Z and Beyonce. That was that was a bad little screw up there, wasn't it? Um, Sacrilege. Honestly, I hope she doesn't hear this. Um, <laughs> And then, and then, yeah, like that—that's all I did in high school. And then I—I w- I made the beat. I've been making beats for a long time. And then I was like, I'm just gonna fucking write this myself. And then, yeah. After the, after I did that one, I started writing a lot more because I was like, oh, maybe like I might have a knack for this. But that was the first one. Yeah. And uh, right now, are you are you a part of Richard? I, I saw you at the. Uh, yeah, the I play. Grass. <laughs> yeah, the, called? The, the lawn, lawn party. party. <laughs> yeah, I play piano for Richard. Oh, and sweet. Yeah, like they, uh, like honestly, Richard has four rappers mm-hmm. already, including myself. So like, I don't really do vocals for them because they don't need it. <laughs> um, but if they ever need me to step in, I'm I'm always down to lay down some bars. But yeah, I, mean, I usually just play piano. That's awesome. So like, I mean, uh, I guess like your freshman year is wrapping up, but so far, like from what you can like. Like what you've felt of the scene, what is it like to be like a musician on campus? And like have you found the spaces that you think are like contributive to the process? Yeah, I mean honestly, like I didn't know what to expect coming to Brown, you know. I had been like looking at some music conservatories and stuff. Like I was looking at Berkeley very heavily. Um but I just felt like I wanted to pursue my academic interests as well. Um so I was like I'm just gonna come to Brown and hopefully they have a good music scene, otherwise like I'm kind of screwed i'm gonna have to do it by myself Mm -hmm. but like i like really fast i met um peter enriquez who plays guitar and richard i met delapo um and i met like just like a shit ton of like musicians and i was like wow like the scene is small but the people who who are like into it are really into it um and it's just it's been like really great like richard has been awesome i'm in like the brown cypher group that has like javon and tone and Mm -hmm. all of them so like i performed with them a few times um and then just like here and there you just meet other people like i like mayna she's like a sophomore mm-hmm. she plays in richard as well yeah. friends with her friends with saba through richard mm-hmm. and like the avenues just keep spreading and you just meet like more and more people yeah it's awesome yeah, that's what i found is interesting about the brown music scene is brown isn't really known as a yeah. music school but yeah. i feel i feel like our music scene is really really strong yeah it really is and also it's cool kind of like the connection between brown and RISD. Because, like, while I haven't met that many musicians from RISD, I just meet, like, a lot of people who either have good music taste or are, like, just obviously incredible artists in other forms. And that they'll, like, inspire me to do stuff musically. Like, I met this one girl who does, like, installation art. And she gave me this, like, whole idea for a music video that hopefully we can, like, get on next year. That would be, like, 
like every shot would be like uh, inside of like an insulation piece. So she does like insulation pieces like in rooms. So like I would have like four different scenes, but they would like there would be scenes, but each one was uh, would also be like an actual piece of art that she made. And I, I think like blending the different forms like that is really awesome. And I want to like explore that more next year. <clears throat> I I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about the video and. Uh, Wait, maybe we can. You can. So, so we have we have Falega who helped you. Did you do the producing for the, um, the video, or I did the filming and the editing along with Warner. Mm-hmm. And and where did you guys? Cho- uh, how did you guys choose uh, where to where to film? If I know you you guys listening <coughs> didn't didn't get to see the video. Um, but there, there are some shots out. Was it the Rhode Island dunes or yeah. where, where's the sand? There's like an area in the, on a beach or something. <laughs> it was like a desert that's like 20 minutes away from yeah. campus. Rhode Island desert. Yeah. Like we, I, I had no clue that Providence would even have something like this, but a friend told me about it like a while back and I'm like, yo, this would be like fresh to, this would be fresh to, you know, shoot it here. So yeah. we went for it and the, and the lighting was perfect that day. Yeah. It was so good. Just, yeah. Yeah, like, so, yeah, that one, honestly, was, I didn't even, like, have a concept for why I would be in the desert in the video. Like, at first, I was like, this doesn't make sense, like, conceptually. Um, so, I just, I, like, I, like the day of, I was like, okay, I have to think of a reason to film in the desert, and the shots have to make sense, like, in like in the context of the video. So, like, that was kind of a struggle. But the other two shots, the one um, in Alumni Hall, like, on the stage, mm-hmm. and the one in the woods, like, those were ideas that I'd had, like, way before. And uh, how, in in what ways do you think the video expresses the narrative you're trying to convey in the song? Yeah, well, so there's kind of like three different ideas. The one in um, on the stage is kind of like solidarity, and that's why there's like 30 people behind me. And mm-hmm. also, I wanted it to feel almost kind of like like it was um it was like a like a like acting not just like music like I wanted it to feel like it was like a performance so I thought the stage would make it like very like I would be able to like be more emotive and stuff mm-hmm. um, and then the woods was supposed to be like a candlelight vigil for like all the people that have been dying recently and that's why Falega and my friend Carter behind me had the two candles mm-hmm. it was supposed to be like signifying like mourning all the deaths and also like in the corner if you look at like for the, the wood scenes there's like numbers that are going up and up and up and that's supposed to be like the death count um and then in one of the last shots the numbers stop and they start flickering and that number that it stops on is supposed to be like it's Trayvon Martin's it's the day that he died mm-hmm. February 26 2012 mm-hmm. um so that was that was the significance of that shot and then the desert scene is supposed to be kind of like the feeling of like isolation that one can feel when seeing all this stuff happen and not necessarily knowing what they can do to stop it or like help mm-hmm. yeah so like solidarity um mourning and isolation yeah i really saw that i i didn't catch all those details in the video but i now, now that you're saying i saw i saw lots of this come through thanks dude. Was, yeah it's kind of interesting to think about how much people are gonna like take away from it and like if people are gonna draw different conclusions than what you had in mind but um it's cool that you saw some of it and like I, w- I would be interested to know if like there's other things that you guys drew from it when you watched it. 
I, the first thing that like was the numbers. I was, I, I did not know at first, mm. but I was. Very, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad that you touched on because I was like my follow up question. Mm. Yeah. So so you kind of you start out by uh, like bursting through the curtain, mm. uh, and yeah, well, I don't know. What was the feeling from that, or like why why did you decide to? Yeah, I mean, I just wanted it to like <clears throat> start with a real punch mm-hmm. and like capture the. Well, the whole reason I decided to make a video is because I felt like there was so many lyrics that I was trying to convey a message with, and I mm-hmm. felt like they might they might be going over people's heads if I didn't express them in another medium. So I was like, I'm definitely gonna have to like grab the the viewer right away. So I was like, let me just literally just like run out on the screen and like. And it was, like, actually really hard to get that shot because there was, like, 30 people behind stage with me and there was lights on behind stage and everyone was, like, chattering. And I was, and I was like, okay, I have to come out there and be, like, like grab the audience. And I was, like, feeling kind of shy and I was just like, fuck it, I have to do this. And also, like, it was getting dark, so we were running out of time. I was like, I have maybe two chances to make this look good. So, yeah. And uh, did you find it hard to sync your... Uh like the audio. sync the <laughs> the audio with what was going on on video. I, you, maybe for like yeah, maybe yeah. <laughs> um, I think he he rehearsed it well enough that when we were putting it together in the in the video that it, it that it wasn't too hard to actually sync up the the content itself. But finding the right shots to to you know contrast over because there was such a huge contrast between the the desert shot and like mm-hmm. the black. Um, the backstage that it was like you needed some type of like motion that flowed from one shot to another so in that respect I think it was a little difficult but he rehearsed it well enough that you know it was, it was fluid between, mm-hmm. between the different takes yeah like uh, we, yeah exactly. also I have to ask you about the the black eye what was the story <laughs> oh, behind yeah. that yeah I mean I just I wanted to like represent oppression and like a like represent like a physical manifestation of impression of, of, of oppression and also, I saw Kendrick with a black eye when he performed at the Grammys, I think it was. And I was like, that's dope. I want to do that, but I need a reason that I'm doing it. I can't just copy him. And I was like, huh. And then I kind of thought about it, and then I, like, reached out to someone who was, like, in the theater department who's just really good at makeup. And then, like, I had to get get it done, like, three times for the different days. So, like, and, like, I had to get it done in the morning because she's really busy. So I'd just be walking around <laughs> campus, like, from, like... 9am to like whenever the shoot time was just with a black eye and everyone was like, like what is what happened to you and I was like you know like rough night I got a lot of concerned snapchats but yeah yeah I, was, I, was, I thought it was real <laughs> I was, yeah. I was just that's good that's, that. a tes- that's a testament to her makeup skills I guess yeah. uh, so so how do you think your now freshman year is winding down. Uh, how do you think your experiences at Brown have uh, shape, will shape your music going forward? You know, it's it's interesting. It's a good question because like I'm always thinking to myself, like would I have made this or like what would I have put out freshman year had I gone to a different school? And I think that anywhere I went would have given me it completely different freshman year and a f- different set of experiences that would have shaped the kind of music I made um, and I was lucky enough to meet Falega and like produce this um, and I th- I'm all I'm like super inspired like all the time at Brown because there's just so many interesting people 
and just like interesting things that are happening and conversations and passing and so I'm just like always like oh shit like this is a different idea this is a different direction I can go like I should reach out to this person like I was in my music class the other day and there's this this like grad student who's like she's just like this random girl I'd never talked to and she did this like very expen like experimental like piece that was it kind of sounded like it was like a National Geographic like backing track and I was like this is sounds nothing like my music but like it would be really cool to like do something with her yeah and it's just like awesome because people are so talented but also so intelligent you know that you're getting people that's like just so many interesting ideas always flowing around that kind of I guess are manifesting themselves in the stuff that I'm working on surrounded by talent it's a lot and it's also I think like for it's funny because like for some people it's like the exact opposite you know it's like you're surrounded by so many talented people and people who have so many interesting stories and and, and presented so well that sometimes it can almost be like a lot to deal with yeah um, especially freshman year too yeah it, it, but it's but from what I can gather it sounds as if you like took it and ran with it which I think is really like the best way to go for it yeah I mean it definitely was a lot and it's like everyone's so talented everyone thinks they're the shit and like <laughs> rightly so because they are like there's everyone who got into Brown is like really awesome and like being a freshman and being part of a lot of groups that were mostly upperclassmen like Richard and some other things it was kind of stressful and like I felt like people were always kind of like who is this kid like who is this like little kid who he's like barely 19 and he's like trying to hang out with us and stuff and and everyone like has an ego so it was kind of it was like hard to make my place and like not step on other people's feet but at the same time not like let myself get stepped on um and like first semester I was kind of na- like just navigating that the whole semester and then second semester I kind of felt like I was like I had kind of made a name for myself a bit more like on the music scene in the music scene and then I guess second semester things like started skyrocketing because I didn't even make the video until February so yeah. I was like fully in second semester yeah yeah and the comfort level only makes things even better. Yeah. But, but sometimes, sometimes, even then, like, the danger is nice, but sometimes the comfort of just being like, okay, I fit here, and, like, this is a place I can actually make something. Yeah, definitely. But right, at the same people. time, at the same time, like, I don't want to get necessarily too, too comfortable, comfortable. Because, like, I mean, like, I'm trying to, like, make a career, you know? And, like, <laughs> so are a lot of other people. And, like, while I have a lot of friends here, like, people have sometimes ulterior motives and you just have to like, sure. be careful that you're not like playing all your cards but so what's next um <laughs> i have like eight demos that i made over the, uh, actually more than that. i have like 10 demos that i made over the summer and this year that i'm just trying to figure out how and when to put out like i don't know if i'm gonna do a project or just like start putting out like singles or just put out another visual thing like to kind of capitalize on this yeah but uh, like in the present right now i'm just trying to keep pushing this video out and I have a few leads with some various news organizations and stuff and I'm so if I can capitalize on that that's like what I'm focused on because I I mean I want the, as many people to see the video as possible and then when I feel like I've like drained as many views and like publicity out of this as I can then maybe I'll put something else out what was the work you did to first when it first came out what was your plan to just get it out um, well, I I had a listening party for all my music at the end of the summer that I uh, invited all my high school friends um, into, and we had, like, a really big Facebook group. So initially I was like, okay, I just posted in the group. I was like, tomorrow I'm putting out a video. 
if everyone could share this, that would be awesome because we all go to different colleges. Like, that could really help it start to spread. And then I got my mom to do the same thing with all her, like, worker friends and stuff. And then I, my sister did the same thing. And so, like, in the first few hours, it had, like, 60 shares or something, which meant it was reaching a lot of people. Um, and then I just kept doing that, and then I started to, like, reach out to blogs and stuff like that. I was, like, really, I really tried to plan it out and not just drop it out of the blue. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't realize how much, like, preparation goes into just dropping something. Like, I, 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 like when I first made the eight demos over the summer, I was like, I'm just going to put this out. Yeah. And, like, people were going to like it. And I was like, wh- and then I was like, whoa, 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 like, that's not how it works. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like people are just dropping stuff, but there's so much preparation that goes into it. And so it was cool to, like, experience that for the first time. And I think it went, like, pretty well. It's still, it's still kind of making its progression. Kind of curious because you mentioned earlier that, <clears throat> it wasn't until like senior year of high school that you actually started to get, get into rapping. Mm-hmm. For your high school friends, what was their reaction when they're seeing this for the first time? It's it's weird. It's weird like doing something like out of the blue to like people that, that have known you for so long because yeah. you know they're always kind of like like that's this isn't you like this isn't what yeah. you do. Um, and like people really like messed with it. Like when I did the, the, the Black Eyed Peas song at first, like I got a really good reaction, but like it always. Like people always like made it. Or I th- feel like I felt like people always thought it was just a hobby, and they're always kind of like, "Oh, that's cool. Like, go like do whatever you usually do." And I was like, "No, like this is like serious. Like I'm like in the studio. Like I, I'm like trying to like make this a thing." And then when I came to Brown, it was so much different because no one knew me. They were yeah. just like, "Oh, here's this guy. Like he raps. Like he has music." And then people took me so much more seriously. But I, I feel like my actual friends in high school, like the ones that had like behind the scenes knew how much I cared about music and stuff definitely gave me a lot of support yeah yeah uh so so do you think that's what you're gonna base like your classes and your your major and stuff around you do music at brown yeah i mean i think so i'm definitely gonna the plan is to double concentrate in meme which is electronic music and production and then the second thing is kind of up in the air i thought it was gonna be econ but then i took principles and i was like i this is not (laughs) i'm not cut out for this um it's a common I, I, story. I'm like still studying for the final right now. <laughs> I'm like dying, but so then so now I'm thinking about either poli sci or MCM. Sweet. Because mm-hmm. like I need to get. More, I feel like I need to actually like start hands on like understanding film, and not. I mean, even like I hope I can work with Falega for a long time in the future. But like I want to be able to physically do some of it myself, and like not just like delegate, but also be able to like get in there. And make sure, like make sure like what I'm actually thinking is like I can literally make it come out onto the screen. For sure. Um, and then poli sci because like one, my music is often like very like socially aware, and I think it would be cool to like have some actual like cachet with that, and yeah. like just understand like really like the history of the stuff I talk about. And also, I just think like debating and like law is interesting, and you mm-hmm. know. But I don't know. I don't know what which route I would want to take. So we've, uh, other than the, the talent show, and uh, you said you performed the Black Eyed Peas cover, had you, have you ever gone in front of a lot of people to, to speak before for other reasons? Or, but like or, besides rap? Or, or rap. Or well, I mean, rap-wise, like I performed at the Coliseum th- mm-hmm. this year. I performed um, at the Hillel with, with um, Adam, Adam's like group or whatever um, 
I performed at the underground a bunch of times, like jazz and rap, and like I've done a few other things. And then like besides rap, like I've spoken at my school a bunch of times. Like I haven't really, honestly, like I don't have all that much performance experience. Like every time I perform, I feel like I'm learning so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, and it's like still so scary going up in front of a crowd. But I mean, do either of you guys perform? I have a couple of times. I I did a I did like guitar for a coffee house and I did stand up comedy. Oh, that's so. At the I think it's the same the same event that you is the open mic night that Javon and Cami put on. Oh, was I there for that? Yeah, I I think you coffee house. I think that's when I first heard this. It was in the uh, Harambe. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. (laughs) I walked in as you were doing your stand up. That was actually, I remember that. that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really nerve-wracking. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't really get to hear any of it, but honestly, like, I always have felt like stand-up is probably, like, the scariest thing you could do in front of a crowd. That, that was the only time I've ever done it. <laughs> you think you're going to do it anymore? Yeah, I, I might want to do it again. You're, you're giving me some inspiration. <laughs> you going to do it again? Um, yeah, a different, a different routine or something. I, I want to do something during, yeah, during reading week. Yeah, man, so. let me know. I'll definitely come Bring see it. Bring it back. <laughs> That yeah, seems so scary. I can't even imagine. Because, like, for for me, it's like my songs are not funny. So I just have to, like, channel, like, the angsty, like, emotions yeah. or whatever. But, like, if you're nervous, like, trying to be funny, I just... That's, like, a talent. <laughs> I can't even imagine. But, I mean... Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> no, I mean, from what yeah. I saw last time, like, you were getting you were getting some good laughs. So, And that, considering that was your first time. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just being coy. Yeah. Uh, all the love. I don't know. I, I yeah. It was it was funny when it, when I went up uh, because I had I had all these jokes planned out uh, and I kind of in my head imagined like where people like what people would think was the funniest and at all those moments like <laughs> not that many people laughed <laughs> but it was really like the other it was really interesting. Yeah. Is really just other random parts that I didn't really think was that funny. Yeah, that's kind of how it goes, I guess. I guess it's all all practice. I, I know Dad was saying like ten ten thousand hours. Yeah, and I yeah. have like w- one hour. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> my, yeah, my my mom always used to tell me that as well. Like I don't like I, do you, do you like Louis C.K. Uh yeah yeah I was like watching some interview with him and he was talking about like how like when you see him perform like for like the specials. Like you don't realize like how many like flops of shows he he's had before <laughs> where he just like performs in front of little crowds and like see sees what they like respond to and then he'll just like rewrite everything and it's like it's kind of like going back to what I was saying about like preparation like I mean I guess that's I, I don't know I don't really know how it works for comedy but I guess you I, I imagine like you have to just keep trying shit out and then like you kind of like see how the crowd reacts to stuff. Mm-hmm. Did, constant work in progress. Did, did you yeah. see your yourself change change your act a little bit after you performed perform this a couple of times? Yeah, it's also weird because like every audience is really different. Like in the Coliseum, like everyone was drunk, and I was I was like, oh, my mom might hear this. I was like, I was a little drunk too myself. So <laughs> so like it it was just like a very like raucous like atmosphere. But then, like, in the Hallel, like, everyone was sitting down, and it was, like, very just, like, <laughs> so I was, like, I'm not going to yell at these these people too much. I need to, like, bring it back too a bit. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> just a little. Yeah. And then, like, at, um, 
in Harambe, like, the people were, like, really vibing, because, like, a lot of them already knew the song, so, like, that was the first time I performed in front of a crowd, and people were actually, like, like rapping the lyrics back at me, and I was like, this is sick, like, yeah. and then I started, like, vibing and, like, dancing and stuff, but, like, I mean, I guess in the ideal world, I would have that kind of energy for every performance, every but it's really hard to do that if the audience is just kind of looking at you, mm-hmm. Yeah, which I get, because, like, it's a very serious song, and, like, people are trying to take in the lyrics, it's not just, like, a party song, but... Sometimes I'm kind of like, give me something to work with. Like, mm-hmm. It's kind of sure. hard to be like, being like dynamic and the people are just like... But, yeah. D- definitely. Do, do you feel like this this song has an like, intended audience? Or like, are you trying... Is it yeah. is, is its purpose in part like to, to educate people or to... I, know, I mean, best? I guess. So, obviously like the... The people in the song that i guess would be contributing to the problem are majority like white people mm-hmm. um so when i when when i'm performing in front of an audience like that i guess the the goal would be to educate or just to kind of like shed light on things that it would be hard for them to like realize because they're not like living that reality mm-hmm. and then for like black people or like people of colors it's like hopefully to be kind of like an experience they can like connect with and be like oh like i like i feel that like that's a, mm-hmm. that's like something I deal yeah. with, so yeah, it kind of depends. I mean, mm-hmm. I I think it applies to everyone. It just it mm-hmm. kind of different messages, of course. And, yeah, and uh, yeah, you you're saying you noticed a change in dynamic between the audience. Do you, do you feel like race was a part of that at all? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, when I did it at the um at the at the talent show at the beginning of the year, like I there were still many black people, but like they were kind of like on the side, and like the, my the audience right in front of me was like mostly white people. And, like, afterwards, everyone was, like, that was sick. Like, and, like, they gave me, like, a really good reaction. But, like, during it, I was, I was like, so hyped because I had so much adrenaline. So I was, like, yelling at the crowd. Like, I was so aggressive. And, like, everyone was just, like, (laughs) 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 like, Jesus. Um, But, yeah, so, like, when I do it in front of white people, I guess it's a little bit more, like, taken aback, like, that kid was they seemed like so calm a minute ago and now he's so heated <laughs> mm-hmm. um and then like black people are like yeah but i mean it's good either way i like mm-hmm. i like it either way <laughs> i'm kind of curious if we were to crack open your like iphone right now <laughs> like what are you listening to what has been like for like the past like three or four weeks Let's i always find it so interesting when you talk to musicians about this yeah. but like who are you most into like right now um so obviously drake and, um, honestly, like, I, Views is not one of my favorite projects of his, but there's still, like, a lot of great songs, so, like, whatever, I'm listening to okay. it. I have, like, some, some stuff from Lemonade. <laughs> um, obviously, Kendrick's new shit. Um, I found this guy who's from Toronto who's, like, not affiliated with OVO, so it was kind mm-hmm. of, like, a nice, like, a fresh new Toronto artist named Daniel Caesar. Yeah. You know him? Yeah. Did you see his, like, complex thing? Yeah. Oh, He's sweet. so sick. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So I've been listening to all his stuff recently. I'm like, how long is it going to take until Ovo, like, just, like, pulls <laughs> yeah. up beside him and, yeah. like, with a van and, like, pulls him in? <laughs> I don't think he would He would mess with him, though. I don't think though. so. Because, like, uh, he sounds more like a, like a gospel version of, like, um, of, like, I don't know. Like, who does he make, who does he remind you of? Oh, my god. His voice kind of makes me think of Frank Ocean, honestly, a little bit. Almost like a, almost like a like a miguel but like a but like more like more like alternative yeah not so much r&b so yeah i love him um what else there's this jazz artist i really like named jason moran um and i actually he actually just he like won like there's like this 
award called like the MacArthur Genius Grant, where they give you like I think a million dollars to just like any project. Yeah, and he won it like two years ago. He's he's incredible, and actually like I'm kind of connected with his family because his dad lives in Houston, and my mom is a cancer survivor and was going through therapy a few years ago in Houston and connected with him. And then, so we just kind of met his dad, and then, like, through that, we met him. So oh, he's, wow. like, been at my house, and he's, like, <laughs> given me, like, piano lessons and stuff before, which is crazy. <laughs> crazy. And apparently my mom just, like, sent his dad a few of the demos that I made, and he's he's going to pass it along to Jason, so I would love for him to hear it. And That's like, incredible. Back to me, yeah. Yeah, have you, have you been in contact with him since you've been at Brown? It's been kind of, like, indirect. Yeah. Like, like my his dad his dad really really liked the video uh-huh. and so he like showed it to Jason and then I heard through his dad that Jason was like that's really cool but like I haven't directly uh-huh. also I can't even friend him on Facebook because he has so many friends you can only like like yeah. him now yeah it's the, so the, fi- like, the 5,000 cap yeah, I think yeah so it's kind of like I'm <laughs> like, not I feel kind of lame like I like if if he I don't know I don't want to reach out to him until like I'm more established and then it's mm-hmm. like you know also, I was going to say, at some point before we end this, if you guys want, I would love to do a freestyle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I love it. Do you have anything to... I have, like, like a beat in mind. Okay. It would be cool to so, do that. So we could, we could set that up yeah. and just plug, yeah, it into, plug it into here. That'd be amazing. <laughs> we don't have to do it now, necessarily, but, like, we could. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it now. All right. And then we'll... <coughs> This so the beat is it's it's kick in the door. It's like a biggie song. So if you just like search kick in the door instrumental. Absolutely. Then, yeah. Alright, once this is the one that I did at the thing. Remember? You didn't see it. Like, once again you're listening to Warner Meadows uh interview on the Pembroke Cell uh through Brown Student and Community Radio. Um, just give us a call at 401-863-9277 or uh, AIMS at BSR request. We, have we checked the aim recently? No, we have. We never. Ch- we never check the aim. Has anyone checked the aim? <laughs> no, it's a it's a constant theme, but it's it's on the wall, so you have to say it. Of course. Whenever you are all set. Oh, okay. Yeah, just yeah. Go for it. I'm ready. That's all good. Good. Uh, uh. <clears throat> oh no, they can't hear it. Alright. Hey. Check. Hey. Look at all he has. I bet he doesn't think about the prices on those tags. I bet he thinks he struggles, barely even looking black. Living in a brownstone, married parents, doctor, dad. He doesn't know shit about the struggle, and he never will. How could he with a private education and a fallback plan? I bet you money that he's about as fragile as a ball of sand. Put him in my shoes and see if he could ever pay the bills. Peep his preppy-ass shoes. Black taken white like a preppy chess move. What a fake, what a tool, what a poor excuse for a proud black. Ooh, about his score as a Rubik's Cube. I bet his mama gives him kiwis, guavas, fancy fruits. I bet he watches Key and Peel and never watched a day of roots. Hey, I bet he never goes to church. I bet he's never seen a Glock in person, but I bet he surfed. 
Of course he's going to the Ivy League. Skin the color of his school, swag comparable to Tweed. Melanin on campus making him the last of dying breed. Everyone surrounding him to see the nene or some weed. Or the whip, getting whipped by society. Trying to please different denominations, but it can't be. Green on both sides, so he's green on both sides. Hit and restart every time there's a change of scenery. Pressure layering his diaphragm. Intersecting cultures looking like a Venn diagram. Different identities like a fucking black Spider-Man. Trapped inside his own web. Wait, or is it Uncle Sam's? I wonder what it's like when everyone is white. And everyone has dough. And every future's bright. And his is too, but riding on the train, he shuts the lights. And when he pulls up in Harlem, he's stepping out into a different life. Trying to clarify some information. I'm not insecure, but everyone has issues that they face, and often they're revealed in the form of inner narratives, picturing the worst that someone else can say and fearing it. But I am proud of being black. I do have preppy clothes and good vocabulary. That is just a product of my privileges, status that I got at birth, and I'm not gonna waste time feeling guilty. I'm gonna use it first. That's fire. That's awesome. We got the groupies. So the beginning part was it was that other people speaking about about you? Yeah, yeah. The whole it was like so like basically like I wrote that. At, that was it's like the second song I wrote. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not gonna like front and say that was off the head like that was that was written like I wrote that as a song there's like another beat it's like a full song but the other day I was just playing this beat and I was like let me just try this verse over this beat and I was like this sounds sick um, but yeah the whole idea is that it's like it's supposed to be like an inner dialogue in my head about like what like like things that I think people could be saying about me and like kind of like feeling insecure about like certain things like privilege but also being black and like going to like the prep school and stuff like that and then like at the end it's like but it's not actually how I feel and then I kind of like flip it around mm-hmm. so that's the idea for that and, one. and had you had you ever been confronted by that like in in <coughs> New York um like like dealing with like privilege and stuff yeah like what I mean it's weird because like be going to such an affluent school it was like I was definitely like being a person of color I was a lot more privileged than some of the other kids but at the same time I was not nearly as wealthy as like a lot of the white people so I was like kind of in this weird place where like I felt I felt like less than in terms of like you know know, like money and stuff like that when I was with my white friends and with my black friends I was like feeling kind of guilty about some of the opportunities I had and that was, like, a thing I had to kind of reconcile, like, in high school and, like, even still now, like, I can't do anything about either part of it. And, like, the best thing I can do is just accept it and then, like, just love, like, myself and, like, my family and just try to, like, do well in school and stuff. Like, it is what it is. I, I always wonder, like, especially when it comes to, like, freshman year of college, because you're so, like, confronted with it. Because uh, you're, like... Definitely confronted with it right off the bat that we can just, like just thrust into this. Whereas like in middle school and high school, it's something where like you just sort of don't have like a choice almost, and you sort yeah. of like just into it. Yeah. So you sort of just accept it. But when you come here, it's like no, like there's a like this is something. Yeah. Which is like for you, it seems like your art is getting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I definitely develop. Like, I started, I feel like I started developing my voice, like, in terms of, like, rapping, but also just in terms of, like, 
where I stood on things and like how I was able to express myself like in senior year and then definitely more this year because like earlier in high school I was you know I was still like very insecure about these things and I was like still trying to figure out like who I was so it was like hard to like take a stance on anything because I was like how do I even feel about this but then like I guess like more recently I began to be like okay this is how I feel and like I'm comfortable saying this and like I I can I can engage in a dialogue with like anyone about any of these things now because I like understand how I feel about them do you feel like your voice was cut off going to Trinity in any way um, I don't think it was like directly cut off and it wasn't necessarily like the fault of anyone at Trinity. It was just kind of like a situational thing where like certain people were just more comfortable in the, in the space and like as a result they could just like say what they wanted without feeling judged or without you know like having to like think twice about it but being black at Trinity it was it was kind of weird and like I, at times I did feel like uncomfortable like we had this area called the swamp which is just like where people hung out and like it was just awkward when people would like m- like make like racist jokes or something like in jest but then like they'd all look at me and I have to be like okay like am I supposed to like fight them now or like what what's my job here and like it was just like very uncomfortable not being around a lot of people who had the same cultural experiences and as I did but yeah, you know it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And and do you see a good music choice? <laughs> do you see similar uh, attitudes tra- like translated here at Brown? Because we we I are mean, very, this is a pretty yeah. affluent space as well. Yeah, I mean the thing is Brown is so much bigger. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many different types of backgrounds. Trinity was, I definitely had a lot of friends, but it was a very like homogeneous kind of group of people. You know, there's a lot of people that came from the same literally the same neighborhood like the same like 10 block radius so like you either saw it the way they saw it or you didn't and like here there's obviously people that i don't agree with but there's like plenty of other people i've met that i can like vibe with and like that who get me and stuff so it's it's been better at brown because of how much diversity there is but there's definitely like the same type of people that there were in trinity that i just can't like fuck with Mm -hmm. yeah i definitely think here there is a sense of like find who you vibe with yeah and then for those who don't educate or just don't associate yeah and I guess that's the like the the nice part of having like 6,000 plus people yeah is like you can sort of find that and you can bend and weave yeah exactly but still I guess also confronting it when like cause it's still I mean this is just merely like a larger version of that yeah and I think a lot of people are mm-hmm. confronted with it yeah, for real. It's hard. Yeah, I'm not. It's it's always. It makes me uncomfortable feeling like it's my job to like educate people yeah. and like. And it's also like a lot, like very much a burden. Like sometimes I just want to like enjoy my lunch or whatever. Exactly. I don't want to have to be like you. Like you can't say that and like start an argument. But at the same time, it's like if I don't say anything, then I'm just like. I need like I didn't I didn't like stand up for like what I believe in and I, like I was disrespected so it's, it's yeah it can be tough of course yeah. well Willem's gonna kick us out a little bit but uh, I, I have a I have a couple questions and I think Adam might still I, I wanted to ask what, what's Rosemary Gang because I saw mm-hmm. that in <laughs> you wanna talk video. about it yeah yeah you can talk about it uh, Rosemary Gang's the hottest gang in town um <laughs> 
So the day that we were supposed to do the uh, the first day of editing, I was at I was supposed to go for dinner at like um, a friend's house, and he asked me to bring rosemary, <laughs> and we ended up not needing it. So I had the rosemary <laughs> in like my pocket. Yeah. So once I came back, I'm like, like oh yo, I got this rosemary, and we just decided to make it like a recurring thing. So every yeah. time that we edit. We would have like rosemary there. It's like good luck, and we would smell the rosemary when something, wow. when something yeah. hot happened. We would just like yeah. smell. We were, we were supposed to cook rosemary chicken after we finished it, you, but as yes to you happen, think, bro, we're still doing. Oh, that. We're still doing. Come it. on, okay. it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> but that's the plan. That's yeah. happening. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you think that's gonna be part of the next video too? Maybe. Uh, yeah, that's just we us. got that's it. That's us. Though. Though. That's like rosemary. Game yeah. Right? No, but honestly, like no. it was a joke, but there, it wasn't like completely baseless, like. It smells good, you know. It kind of clears your, <laughs> clears your mind. So like, if I was like, I, I get I get stressed a lot, and I was very stressed at a at a lot of times during this video. Um, so he would be like, "Yo, just like smell the rosemary, like just chill out, like it's fine." Yeah, it, it was it was a good time. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. So as the your year your first year winds down. Mm -hmm. Look forward to. Uh, I don't know. The, the RPL in me is coming. I, I, yeah, I, I hate these questions. Oh, come on. As yeah. a, I was so nervous. Oh, like, come on. I had no idea what I was going to do. Like, <laughs> uh, the thing you took away from this year. Yeah. Or, or where, where do you see Where do you see yourself, yourself going? Like sophomore, junior, the, the senior. The thing year. I took away from this year. Jeez. Um, okay. Do I give like a serious answer or do I give like a, like a cheeky answer? Um, we take any and all. <laughs> I guess, one, like the one thing I took this year away from this year is just like, just like, don't doubt yourself. You know, like there's, there's a, <laughs> like there's a lot of haters out there. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people who don't necessarily like want to see you make it like in like an academic concept, context, in a music context, like in a social context. And, like, people are always talking. <clears throat> and, like, especially, I don't know, I guess, like, I've kind of made a, made a little bit of a name for myself this freshman year. And, like, it's, like, jealousy is, like, definitely a real thing. And it can be, like, kind of like a blow when, like, people are just, like, negative about what you do just for no reason. And it's, like, I guess yeah, you just have to, like, step back and be, like, okay, like, you're here for a reason, you know, like... It's not a fluke that I'm at Brown. It's not a fluke that like I put out the video and people liked it, and like it got like a hundred shares. Like that's 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 like real, you know. Um, and like I just try to like not get too big of an ego, but also just like know like okay like this is like a real thing, and I should like be proud of like what I've accomplished For so sure. far. Um, that's yeah. awesome. Well, I think our time's run out, so I'm gonna awesome. I'm gonna save this, and it will probably go up on the blog Nonian and it'll be on VSR archives so dope thank you yeah of course thank you guys this was awesome this is great yeah once again you're listening to BSR radio and that was Warner Meadows and uh, that's the end of the Pembroke cell up next Peace. Willem and what's up what's this 2012 2012 the radio show Peace, well, y'all.